And the other question is like, Ines Oruba. ¿Qué? <laughs> wait, wait, I think you made a mistake. Ines Oruba. How do you say bye? <laughs> you actually like shakes people's hands or you go like... Oh my God, Eglantina! Hello, it's Eglantina Zing. You might have heard some things about me perhaps. And yes, I am all of that and much more. And in my podcast, The Zing with Double G, I will be sharing my views, thoughts, opinions on culture, society, feminism, sex, and all of it. All of that everyone is thinking, but no one dares to talk about. Every Wednesday, I will be offering you a new episode with incredible guests from celebs, friends, big names, authors, artists. And also, since I love talking to myself, will be only me talking my head. The last episode of the season will be exclusively for you guys with my subscribers. So we'll get to chat. I will get to read some of your DMs, play your voice notes and talk basically of whatever you want. So don't forget to subscribe, join the fun and listen to The Zing every Wednesday. You can find The Zing at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcast. Follow me at Eglantina Zing, Z-I-N-G-G, to DM and get in touch. Let us explore and lose control. <laughs> Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? And welcome to The Zing with Double G. And we have a new episode today with a very special guest. And I just want to tell you all, guys, thank you for engaging and sending questions and all your comments and for making The Zing one of your favorite podcasts. You can get The Zing in all your platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Remember the drill. You subscribe, you give some hearts, and we can keep creating conversations of value that you can share if you find any interesting uh, value on it. Today, I have uh, a woman that it's an inspiration. She is a fashion icon, a fashion reference, a whole a wholesome inside and out, um, beautiful woman. She has become the guru of beauty and wellness, and she has an incredible purpose and founder of one of the most beautiful platforms to do good, which is called the Bazaar for Good. And I am honored to call her my friend, Marta Graf, which we tried so much, <laughs> so long to, be ha to have her right. here on the podcast. We had to change the podcast to make it in English. It's all her fault. So everybody <laughs> who is complaining about not having it in Spanish, it was Martha's idea. Martha is <gasps> a creative force. <laughs> she suggests a lot of crazy things, but they always do great results. Welcome to the Zing, wow. mi amor, bella Gracias, divina. Gracias, mi amor. Yo sí hablo español. Bienvenida. Bienvenida. <laughs> Muito obrigada. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you for your super kind words. I'm so happy that we made it. We made it happen. <laughs> After so many times that we tried and uh, finally it was meant to be. So and you probably hear something weird on my voice because I've been a little bit under the weather. But since Martha said like, oh, let's do it. I can only do this day because she's been traveling and she's traveling tomorrow and, yeah. you know, super busy schedule and to try to coordinate our agendas was yeah. super hard and i was like no i'm not missing this opportunity she said like oh baby maybe we do it next week <laughs> on the 6th of march and i was like no you're not escaping i'm not yeah. letting you go so we made it happen and i hope um you all enjoy this conversation con la beautiful marta you've been busy no you just arrived you're leaving tomorrow you were in aspen yeah so you've been spending a lot of time in aspen You know, Glentina, even if I try to stop sometimes, uh, I just, you know, I can't. So I keep, I think movement in my life is just, it's been so intense. And sometimes I try to just, you know, stop making so many plans and try to embrace so many projects. But really, at the end of the day, it's what I love doing. So I jump from place to place. <laughs> my favorite grasshopper. Grasshopper, exactly. You call me a grasshopper. And yeah, so I'm ready now to go to Fashion Week um, this week. And I do a little bit of everything. So that's why a lot of traveling involved. But Miami has been my home for the last 12 years. And I really enjoy staying here in this beautiful place. See, no, but in Miami, you've made Miami your, your home, but you also made Aspen your home. Yeah. The airplane your home, the cross Atlantic <laughs> flights your home. Right. What, where, where in the world is not your home? <laughs> uh, you know what, Colorado, because I've, you, you mentioned I've been in Aspen, I think Colorado is my new home. Something happened there with my heart that, you know, it's just one of those places where you can feel that is 
that you feel your happiest, like I feel my happiest, you know, right now between there and here, but I would always call Miami home and the world is our home at the end of the day. Now we're everywhere doing so many things. It's true. And Colorado has something special. I don't know if the mountains, the, the, but yeah. you, you go in every season or you only go through ski yes. season. No, I go in the summer too. You like skiing? Yes, I do. I and now my little one or skiing? is skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Old school skiing. Old school skiing. Yes. You like it or you're kind of no, like... No, I love it. Double diamonds or blue, the, blue No, rose. I'll do a diamond here and there. See? Yes. Powder? Yes. She has the best outfits on the oh, snow. Oh yeah, that's for sure. See, I, yeah. I do focus on my outfits. See? <laughs> Always. That's something that you never, you can never leave on the side. And, um, but the traveling, man, traveling to Aspen, the airport is super complicated. Always had bad weather. But oh, yeah. usually nowadays, just traveling is yes. become such a nightmare. Yeah. Not only you have to pass through securities and you can only carry this or blah, 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 but also the, the attendants, like, they are yes. very aggressive. Oh my gosh, I, I did, yes. I, I think we're all a little bit, you know, on the edge these days. And it's true. I think, you know, you ha I have to breathe and like sometimes just calm myself down because we're such kind humans and we're just treat everybody with kindness. But sometimes those people are like answering a hundred questions a day and they, they really don't give you that, you know, window to be kind. So that's when I practice my best behavior. Um, oh my gosh, I had such a bad time at the airport once. <laughs> I actually, I was in Turkey. <laughs> I have to say the story. Yes, please. I was in Turkey and the, I actually had to go to court in Turkey. No. Be yes, because he, the, the girl at the check-in was being so rude. And I speak Turkish a little bit, so I go to her, but I must have some, said something a little wrong. I go, but why are you being so rude? But apparently I called her a bitch or something. She was like, what did you say? And I was, she called the police on me. There was like a big airport moment, you know, no. of somebody that was fired, a lot, fired up, like we're saying, and responded in a not so kind way. And that gave me a lot of trouble. So I got to like breathe and meditate before I go to the airport. It, it's true. And it's a situation, I mean, I listen, it, it, and they have this abuse of power because yeah. they can actually call the police and get you in a lot of trouble. I think I, I was with Leandra in Fashion Week in New York just now, yes. and I think she told you the story oh, that we were funny. at the airport and they we lost our flight, the first one, and then we were put in standby and they, yes. they give us no information. But this lady, we were supposed to be the first one on the standby right. uh, stand list. And she completely ignored us. She left a family of six <sighs> You know, the father, the mother, and the six right. little kids that were going to Chile, so they had to take the connection flight. Right. And they had to, you know, buy new tickets, super expensive. Right. And she, she was so rude to a point that I lost all my manners and all my cool yeah. and calm and connected. Say? No, I never insulted her, but I was in a point like, of, you yeah. know, I have my rights and you're completely ignoring, you're not giving That's the service. Right. I'm sorry, maybe she has had a bad day, but she's also there to give and provide yeah. a service. And um, it's such a shame that your experience yeah. has, it, you know, it gets all ruined up. And uh, I don't know, I call a, a bunch of other things. Yeah. But I call myself the best person to travel. So really? See, Why? Because <laughs> if you fly with me, you are for sure losing your flights. <laughs> no way. <laughs> for sure, you're going to lose your flight. You're going to end up oh in a different God. destination. Something of an adventure is going to happen. So if you need any company to your next oh, traveling no, you. experiences, <laughs> please skip. invite me. I'll be your best person to travel with. <laughs> I'll take you to the Admiral's Club, get you drunk, I have fun, it. maybe change, exchange some uh, luggage with somebody else, lose your... Really? Si. No, I'm okay with adventures for traveling. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make it to my destination. You want to make it bueno. So I, I, I wish you a lot of, of safe travels. And now that she's in yes. this destination of the Zing podcast, our theme, Marta, for this um, for this uh, season, yeah. it's relationships. Okay. So we're talking a lot about because everybody has asked, like you know, um, our comments in a way of um, every sort of relationship, the relationship with your. But I think the most important relationship is the one with yourself. Absolutely. And uh, and you've been so vocal on social media, expressing a little bit of all of your eating disorders and that experience of, uh, of how you over, uh, overcame such a, a, a yes. difficult moment. And there's so many people out there, especially nowadays, which have social media that enhances 
all the standards oh, yeah. of what beauty is and how do you uh, how do you identify for the first moment that you had a disorder wow uh, yeah that was very early on that was very early on i think it was um 14, 15, and it, it always happens, you know, at the time, social media wasn't there. So I, I cannot imagine nowadays how teenagers go through that with Ooh. so much, you know, their website uh, of them sharing tips on, on things that, you know, are hurting your body. But at the time, I was starting my modeling career in Brazil. And uh, I was struggling because I, I was I was always I always had a thin frame, but mm. I, I was never, you know, I always had a little bit of, you know, curves or muscles, very athletic, you know, very good, nice. you know, very Healthy. perfect figure for a girl, uh, you know, at the age of 14 or 15. I wasn't uh, underweight or overweight. And then one day uh, somebody at the agency said that I should lose weight because I was a little, you know, too, too, didn't say overweight, but they said I couldn't fit the size that I was supposed to. And then I remember that a girl at my grandmother's house once we were having a dinner party had told me, you know, how she never puts on weight because she eats whatever she wants. And then she kind of told me how she does that. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should do, you know, what this mm. girl told me years ago. And then I started, you know, hurting myself, overeating, and I went from being, you know, just a, a girl, like a teenager girl that had a healthy weight to, you know, just completely ruining my, especially my psychological, my, my, my well-being, you know, my, my, you know, I just started um, hurting myself. So it's, it's very, I, I think it's a complicated subject that people don't talk about much mm -hmm. because there's a lot of shame on doing that you know like it comes with a lot of uh at the time like once you're doing that you're hiding from people so uh you are usually pretending everything is okay and usually you know people that do at least the people that i know that would have eating disorders like bulimia like i i did they seem to have everything under control they were like very outgoing social had a job and you know just uh, did everything but overachievers even so yeah it, it was very hard to hide that from my family at the time and friends uh and until one day i couldn't hide no more because my father noticed and mm. he interrupted you know he made me go to a hospital and see how uh, teenagers uh, and people in general were doing um it was a wake-up call, and I'm glad that my dad uh, at the time found out because otherwise I don't think I would have stopped, you know, just continue to to hurt my body. And so I did had intervention from my dad, and it took me years after that to actually recover, you know. All my late, and at the time, Eglantina, people would say, no, uh, bulimia is not treatable. You can, there's nothing you can do about it. You're going to have for the rest of your life, and uh, they would give you examples, and it's bullshit mm. i totally treated myself i have no problems with food right now mm -hmm. if i have any problems that i forget to eat you know but nothing that i would binge nothing like before that i would actually go from place to place eating 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 and then throwing up you know that was a very very hard time uh and i think it's important i was i was thinking should i say should i not share that and you know i'm like why not because the conversation, that's why I love podcasts, and I think you're doing an amazing job. The conversations start like this, you know? If I can affect one person by sharing my story, if I can positively, like, in a positive way, um, send a message or somebody is hearing this and had been through this or is going through this, there is a way out. And that's all I wanted to say when I shared this. There is a way out. There's many ways out, and it starts with professional help. So, yeah, that was a very hard time in my life. Very hard. No, and what you're saying, that's very strong. Because, um, first of all, how you identify that that's not a norm, that you just don't go around places and hurting right. yourself. And then the psychological uh, bec uh, trait, because it will leave a trace in your, in your mindset of the, of the idea or the perception that we have of ourselves being beautiful yes. or being perfect. Yes. 
I again, uh, I think right now teenagers or young girls, boys, whoever has a phone and has social media, what a time to be a young adult. What a time to even for, you know, for us, for everybody, sometimes totally. I get consumed and we're perfect. We're individuals that we are unique. Why do we compare? Why, you know, it is impossible. I catch myself very often See? looking at somebody's page and like, oh, I wish I was at that place. Oh, I wish I, you know, had this uh, outfit or, and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, put the phone down, close your eyes, remember, remind yourself of what you have, that you are a unique being with all your own qualities and your own stuff going on. Stop comparing. I think that's a super powerful uh, message because it's, um, and that's why I say the most important relationship is the one that we have with ourselves. Because if you are able to appreciate all the qualities that you have and even the defects, because for qualities, everybody will love you. But for your defects, the people that yes. love you are really your friends. Right. And we all are humans, imperfect, uh, beautiful, complex, diverse. Super. Uh, and to be able to, to uh, appreciate that and not try to make everybody the same. There's right. a, like a standard for beauty, a standard for mm -hmm. lifestyle, a standard for this. It's like, why is it that we're yeah. always constantly trying to make everything the same? Variety, diversity is what makes us unique exactly. and, uh, and interesting. I always say embrace your imperfections. And I don't say that to others. I say that to myself. See? Like, remember. You have to have a mantra, no? Right. I have so many. You do? I have so many because I'm give us, always. <laughs> give us one here. <laughs> That's one of them. Embrace your imperfections. Yeah. That's definitely um, one of them that, you know, I try to remind myself because I had such a hard time dealing with imperfections. You know, mm -hmm. I always wanted to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it always comes to, I think, our childhood and what happened there. And, you know, uh, I think I was moving school so much. So I was always coming to a new school, trying to be accepted, trying to be right. liked, yeah. trying to be uh, invited to places, trying to belong. Uh, it's, it's a tiring, tiring, consuming See. way of living. And once, you know, in this search of finding myself through books, through therapy, I finally saw all I, I'm like, I have this need of being perfect. And I just noticed that. But mm. it was something so engraved in myself. Like, you know, I need, I cannot make mistakes. I cannot have, you know, a bad day that I look like shit. Like, mm. I would always try to always make myself pretty to go out. Always, uh, always please. And it's uh, exhausting, <laughs> you know. So these are things that throughout the years, I think when I hit 30... Two, I'm I'm 37 now. It's when I started, you know, kind of like letting go of the need of perfection because there is no such thing. It's just gonna get burned out. See, because, but I also think that's also very attached to to women. They have to be perfect, and especially when they see a beautiful woman, everybody expects from you to be yeah. this perfect person. And, and as you were saying, you put the pressure on yourself right. of trying to entertain, of being nice to everybody, or smiling and looking great and feeling great. Mm -hmm. But that's not the truth. Every day we have, like any human being, ups and downs, difficult moments, hard moments. You had sure. an experience when you were growing up in your modeling career. Now that you, like, it's, and the social currency of being accepted, you know, that we all want to be accepted. So we is all it, want I, that. Yeah. We want to feel special. We want to feel loved. We want to feel, you know, that warmth from other beings. But there's no way, if you don't work on that, then you also attract shitty people. You're going to attract man, shitty yes, relationships. And then you're like in this <laughs> toxic circle, and everything that comes to you, it's a bunch of uh, leeches. And uh, and you you find yourself just giving so much energy to things that are mm -hmm. really not worth it. That's right. So either it comes with age and maturity, but for all of you the youngsters that are out there, we're giving you the advice: try not to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And the most the biggest acceptance you can have, I think, and I've learned, and I can, uh, well, for me it works. The biggest acceptance is accepting yourself, either in your in your with yes, yes. it's not about other people liking like. you it's about you liking yourself because with that energy you um, reflect 
that uh, that calmness, that that comfort, or that security. No, yes. that it's so attractive more than just super. Uh, you know, muñequito de torta or somebody. ¿Qué es esto? Muñequito qué? Muñequito de torta. Aquí vamos a hacer Spanglish, Portuñol y agárrense porque Marta, pero wow. And as a solution, how were you able to overcome that trap of eating disorder that is not only in the food, but it's mainly it is here. it was all about finding uh, yeah. somebody to talk to mm-hmm. first you know admitting it to myself uh, it was clear that i was in a trap like you said yeah so getting out of that trap was about uh recognizing it number one and then uh, asking for help you know reaching out for you know for professional help and i know that not a lot of people can afford that but there's so many ways right now especially <laughs> online with information you know to go and find uh, a good professional you know a therapist and and i think it's it's changed me and since then i do therapy like still right now i'm still a big fan of uh, uh, therapy conventional or cognitive therapy Mm. analysis any anything i'm always searching for something so she's full of all this curiosities and alternative medicine once i I, when i first met her i came here and i was dying and had like a panic attack or something she's like you have to check your gut and this and take a shawanda and and it's like taking notes on the thing i was like okay so over all your experience you have become a master in also wellness in and beauty and finding ways that uh and look at you she eats mm-hmm. perfect pizza yesterday i ate the pizza Aww. she ate kale <laughs> kale with the mushroom well after all the, only, the eating problems I, <laughs> I had i gotta be you know i'm much more aware right now yeah See? but you know i i the, the wellness world it, it's just such a broad thing like i love now i fell in love with, with ayurveda mm-hmm. it's an indian a- ancient uh, medicine Uh, when I went to India and that's when I started um, wanting to go a little deeper on all these things that you find. Uh, I used to be a pill popper in in the sense of like going, taking uh, cold medicine, taking Advil every day, and then there's a certain age where you like, you start reading and informing yourself and like, I shouldn't be taking all these things every day. And you know, the toxicity about in, in these pills. I'm like, let's see alternatives. And that's when I, I started taking this ashwagandha thing see? because I'm a very anxious person. Uh, and ashwagandha is a natural, they, they call it like the natural Xanax, you know, whatever. Cogumelos, yeah. <laughs> it's a natural approach to anxiety. They so, compare it to Xanax, right? Yes, because it, it, it works on your nervous system. So it was very soothing for my anxiety. And that's when I started taking. So from there, I'm just curious, you know, to keep searching for alternative things to keep myself healthy. But I'm far away from being healthy. I eat che- Cheetos. I eat popcorn with condensed <laughs> milk. Excuse me. That is... <laughs> that Brigadeiro. is... That's nasty. Brigadeiro. Popcorn with condensed yes, milk. it's nasty. What's the flavor of that? Oh, my like gosh. sweet candy it popcorn. It is something oh, weird. No. I once in a blue moon. See? Because it's not about the aesthetics, but it's also how you feel. That you feel healthy, that you feel light, that you feel Definitely. energized. Because most of the things that when we eat shitty food, it's not just because, hi, oh, we're not going to eat the hamburger because I'm going to get fat, blah, blah. But it's how, how yes. your your system collapses and you don't have the same energy and you're slow and everything is like, and your blood doesn't yes. oxygenate as much as you can, uh, as much as it should. And um, I think food is such an important of element course. and we are yeah. in a fast life. Now you're traveling to Fashion Week. You're going to go to a plane. What yeah. do you do in a plane? You I eat plain food. You know, people no. complain about plain food. What's wrong with it? No, oh, I don't on. mind. I, I promise I do. I, I am a weird traveler because I like airports. I don't really don't mind them. I don't mind waiting because I think I, there's a lot of things I want to listen to, like your podcast while I'm waiting yes. or another book on something on like there's. I just go to a corner, you know, I do my stuff, I do my, I'm a Virgo, so I start no. doing to-do lists that I will never do, the stuff that is in there. But You're a procrastinator. Uh, I just you- embrace too many things at the same time. And then I can't, you know, do them all. So mm-hmm. I have to kind of like check out. 
But you put them on the bucket and then you start making it, you know, some things will yes. come up in five years and you start doing yes. all those projects. I think you're doing great. So don't stop. Stop. <laughs> stop putting yourself yeah. down. I went to the airport up. with her. She buys all the magazines. She'll take you to the liquor store and buy all the champagne. <laughs> but that was for her birthday party. So I'm not sure if she drinks on the plane, but definitely has her iPods and her things and creams and all, all of the great things that you can do for traveling. Yeah. Maybe we can check out one of Martha's Get Ready with a traveling. Oh, yeah. Like traveling. traveling is amazing because you pack everything that you're never going to wear you're like i haven't worn this in two years so let me take for this three-day <laughs> vacation like you're gonna wear it but like nothing do you have tsa i do global citizen yes she has good yeah, yeah, yeah. she's been approved i've been approved. to jail so i don't have tsa oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm a criminal <laughs> i've never oh, been approved with the tsa you but cannot get approved no now i can i just got a, I, oh, I got my good. citizenship but I, somebody has to help me uh, make my application <laughs> Put all my paperwork Don't look together. At me. No, <laughs> somebody <laughs> needs to help me. Hello, que bella. But you know, she's not only uh, diverse in in your lifestyle, but also uh, you're like this bee uh, in love and in heart matters. You've been cross pollinizing. Uh, from being this free spirit Brazilian culture to falling in love with two partners from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Yes. Are they like super different with traditions and how does a person so free spirited like you or how do you or yes. you like those differences or or what is it about? Because the two are from the Middle East. Yes. Yes. I, I think I must like it. <laughs> there's a part of me that must like that area. There's, there's, there's something in the Zatar. Right. <laughs> I, um, I lived in Turkey. Um, that's probably 16 years ago. Uh, when I was 21, I met my ex-husband. Uh, and yes, so I am young, very young, yes. But I always, it's funny, I always wanted to get married. See? I don't know why. Well, my parents were married. They got divorced when I was nine months. And maybe, you know, there was something there. I never really saw them together. But like to me, marriage was very important. And uh, at the time, I'm like, yes, well, why not? So those cultural differences that you're mentioning now, I didn't really see them. I was just like... <gasps> the heat of the moment. I am a very passionate person. Sí. You know? So I'm like, yes, let's get married. And then next thing you know, I'm waking up in Turkey and I am, you know, well, I stayed with him two years before we actually got married, but it wasn't like that crazy. Um, everything is different. Everything. I missed my country, of course. I missed my mother. I missed my food. Uh, but I do embrace whenever I'm at a place you will see me acting like them. You see me embracing the culture. I will. I speak Turkish. It's a little tishikridim. <laughs> it's a little rusty, but it's good. But it's a hard language. But then, yes. And after I got married, I'm like, the thing is that I cannot go anywhere or live my life without working. Mm. I don't want to. I respect people that don't work or, you know, they have other interests. They are taking care of the home or anything like that. But in Turkey, I couldn't really find my place at the beginning as a creative oh. person that I am. And like you said, I always loved fashion. I was always in fashion. So I'm like, what am I going to do here? After a while, it got quite boring until I got a job in fashion there. But the relationship was, it was not easy, you know, it's uh I think a lot is expected by uh, women and, you know, when I was younger and I was started to model, like the person meets you like that and that's who they fall in love with. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, you know, why are you working? You should be mm -hmm. more at home. Why are you traveling? And I, I don't have a, I have a hard time, you know, being told what to do. Oh. I don't like it. Don't do that. Don't try that. And of course, so <laughs> now I have my family, but you know, we understand each other. That work is very important for me. And it's, you know, movement. I, I can't sit still. Like I need to keep creating. So yeah, at a cultural level at the time it was a little hard because of that. Cause I was, you know, stepping into my power. Like yeah. I, I will not, you know, just do what you want. So but every experience is valid. And I think for that time that I lived in Turkey, which was five to six years, I also built wow. a lot of strength, you know, especially working at a company there where with other women in fashion and being so retaliated by other women. I think that that's also 
it was a surprise because to me, I, I still don't understand when women do mm. not, don't, it's almost like this crazy uh, competition or, you know, one was to be not with everybody, but I noticed that still a resistance between women to mm. embrace each other. I want to see my friends, and you know that, mm -hmm. as successful, as successful, as happy, as beautiful beings as they can be, mm -hmm. you know? So in Turkey, I, I had a very hard time with my colleagues, you know, because they judged me from day one. You know, what is this girl doing at the mm. office? She looks like a model. She's not, she, she won't know how to work. She won't know how to, mm. you know, do the accounting in this business. She won't know. And all that judgment from other women, you know. So not only I had a cultural experience in relationships with men, but also with, with other girls. But that's, that's a great point. But it's... Um it's horrible how you get underestimated just because of your looks. And sometimes people say like, oh, you have everything in life because you look so beautiful. Yeah. And then at the same time, they just uh, put you in this little frame of you look this way, you cannot do these things. And uh, they don't give you the chance to try it. Maybe you're not good at it, but it doesn't has to be related directly to how you look or yeah. or the way you are. But, um, but the Turkish ladies, they... <laughs> they missed a chance to have a wonderful friend because uh, what you say, I can totally avalarlo because Marta is one of the most supportive and um, uh, friends that you could ever have. Mm -hmm. And she actually makes you become and excel in the best way possible. And yesterday they asked me one of the questions uh, and for your comments of, um, of our audience that have asked um, a few questions for you to answer that they wanted to know about. One of them was like, um, how do you really, uh, you know, stay strong or, or excel in business or in life or in family? And mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest, if, if there's a, a, a recipe, I don't know, but I think to surround yourself with people oh, yes. that inspire you, that, that brings the best out of you, that makes you, uh, you know, take it to the other level mm -hmm. to, to give you that support either it's morally or is this in any way possible, but to yes. bring the best out of you and not people to put you down, I think it's the most important thing. And in, in Turkey, bueno, Istanbul, Senkal, you're not there Did right you now. Go? <laughs> it's a beautiful no. place, but. <laughs> the, seven, the seven mountains. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, yes. So, and then she was beaten twice, uh, you're beaten once, twice shy. You're, what's the saying that says? Uh, <laughs> Twice bitten, once bitten, twice shy. But you oh. were not shy because then you kept going a little bit further into the Middle oh, yes. East. Well, but I, 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 you know, it's so funny what life puts in front of you. See? Because my family goes, <laughs> finally, you know, you're coming back to Brazil and <laughs> you're leaving Istanbul. And then I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll be back in Brazil. I'm just going to go to Ibiza for a weekend. <laughs> And I'll be right back. And uh, yeah, I went to Ibiza with all my girlfriends, and I'm like, you know, one of those like single, like I've been one year divorced, and I'm like, I want to have fun. I was working a lot at the time, and I'm like, I don't want to meet anybody. And the first thing that happens, I see this big tall man, and we just exchanged like la mirada. <laughs> And locked eyes. Oh, yeah. And it was the first day that I was in Ibiza. And uh, we met there. And then we started dating, like, straight after, you know. So I never really made it back to Brazil. <laughs> Perfect. And now she's a local in Miami and sometimes in Colorado. And you can catch her on a plane, but you can catch mm -hmm. her at the Zing, most importantly. <laughs> that sounds like a whole commercial. But a motherfucker, do you believe in love at first, <laughs> first sight? No. Mm -hmm. And motherfucker is my favorite word. It's my commodity. I, it's just, I didn't I, know you did that here. <laughs> my commodity. But you believe in love at first sight, then it was like that. You guys yes. locked eyes. It was. And how do you actually? But she, Martha's super tall, but her husband is very tall. Yeah, he's two meters eight, which is like six ten. Dun, 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 so yes. So yeah, I, I I wouldn't say like love at first sight. Yeah. I but I pretty much. You know, because at the first time that we met, we we already talked about kids and marriage and our views on very important matters. Yeah. <laughs> and that's at a party. So, yeah, it was pretty direct. I think, you know, after going through a relationship or a marriage that failed, not, not failed, but didn't work. Didn't work. I think you know a little more what you don't want 
Ooh. in the next partner and I was very clear, you know, you have that strain saying, no, I don't want that. I don't want this. Da, da, da. So I had that, I had the power in me that I didn't have in a previous relationship. So I built that, uh, in, in this one. So that's 12 years ago. So Damn. yeah, wow, that's that amazing. 12 years and in 12 years of finding a way sort of a partner for, to be able to let you be you and, uh, to grow in your business and the things that you want to do. Yes. And, uh, she has a beautiful family, uh, full of Tauruses. So yes. <laughs> Taurus. Wow. Beautiful girl who I adore, but, uh, mainly you also found purpose. You have, uh, created, yes. no, I, I mean, you've always, I guess you always had purpose, but in that, in, um, in that uh, way of, of giving back, of serving, of finding the way that in life you always have to serve and you created, founded an incredible platform organization called Bazaar for Good. Yes. How did that happen? When you came across of like, mm. I want to do this? Uh, deep inside, I think, you know, my mother was always into philanthropy. I don't think she would call herself a philanthropist, but I grew up watching my mother sometimes bringing people home to feed them, you know, and, and taking care of people. Like, I think I got this. I got it from my mama. <laughs> you have a beautiful I got it. father is an artist. Yes. The mother is an incredible, famous <laughs> news anchor and yes. fabulous woman, which I have not met. She's great. So, you know, after uh, I started working on social media, I, I had a, a very big gap, like question mark in my head is like, Okay, so now what? I have all these followers um, oh. posting pictures of myself. Uh, you start questioning. Well, I start questioning myself and my motives and why I was doing that. Like, it becomes very shallow if you're not spreading a message. And I, I felt, I felt a little empty, and I felt that I could do something, but I didn't know what. So I kept doing it. I just kept doing the fashion, what I like doing and communicating and doing this talks. And I really like to communicate with people, but I, I wasn't sure. So that's why sometimes when you just keep doing, you know, I didn't know where it was going to take me until I went to India and I went, I didn't go for a charity trip. I went mm. to a retreat, actually, Ayurveda retreat, uh, a cleanse, a detox uh, week there. And once I was there, a friend called me and said, you should move, you should visit this school that's called Shanti Bhavan. And before you leave India, do not leave India without going to the school. And I went and that's when something clicked when I saw all those children at the school and their faces. And I spent the day there and they, you know, showed me the whole project. When I came back, I'm like the followers social media, fashion, and I started clicking everything and I said, I want to do something, you know, to raise funds for that school. I had those children's faces in my head mm. for months. And that's when I, a friend of mine called Dania, that's the co-founder said, you know, let's, let's do this bazaar and let's do, you know, use fashion and social media to create change in people's lives. So it started there. I didn't know where it was, it was going and now it just grew so much. It has been really, really is an, is a yearly event that happens here in Miami. And we get, basically we get brands donating product. You know, I always thought to myself, I always ask myself, where does all the clothing that doesn't sell go yes. all this waste, you know, in fashion, all this waste in the industry, where does it go? Cause you know, some people burn. Mm the merchandise yeah. they would like luxury, luxury brands wouldn't so go on sale in a warehouse they would rather burn than putting the stuff on sale so we started thinking you know let's just ask the brands for stuff that didn't sell mm. and now is going to be the fourth edition we raised uh, close to a million dollars to different projects around the world and the, we're using basically the power of social media and women getting together because each one can bring something different, so right? Cool. You could bring the, you know, your podcast into this, or you could bring your uh, brands that you know, or you can bring volunteers that are, you know, your family totally. friends. It's really a beautiful work because everybody can bring something and will. And the community that you have created, I was, I, I've, 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 Danielle was actually in the podcast last year before yes. the Bazaar for Good, and. Uh, uh, some of my board of directors have also supported Bazaar for Good, and I was able to to witness the movement 
the mobilization of people from, as Martha is saying, from volunteers, from brands, from people who had like an extensive closet that you know, you know, with incredible stuff that you're not going to wear, that you're not going to do, and how to put all that together in the power of uh, the the collective good, the bigger good. Uh, yeah. For me, when I started with Goleadoras, uh, it was very similar. You have all this audience or all these people in MTV and my country, speci specifically Venezuela, was going through a very tough political yeah. situation. And it was like I, either you are the opposition or you are, you know, part of, of, uh, of the regime. And I didn't want to be an opposition or a regime. I just yeah. wanted to propose a solution. So we started using sports and specifically for girls and soccer in specific. And today, you know, it's been such a beautiful project. Such a beautiful project. Yes. And I'm happy that uh, Bazaar for Good is supporting Goliadoras. Yes, we think. You. And as a super girls with balls, because it's also, it's not about um, soccer being the ends mean of creating a casting call, which we do have great soccer players that come along, but it's also to inspire this noble spirits in these young girls that no matter where they come from or their skin color or their identity or beliefs, they can excel and they can have a chance in life. Sometimes we talk a lot about second opportunities, but to give these people or to give our, uh, our communities and a solid opportunity to have Beautiful. a chance um, and to have a, digni a dignified life, to excel, to have the opportunity to play, to have that camaraderie, especially among women, yes. as you were saying. So this, you supported a lot of these girls going to a trip that changed their lives. And girls yes, went to Qatar, that and incredible. these are your pictures and a little note from them to you and a pin for super goleadoras. Wow, this is incredible. I was watching you on that trip and it brought tears to my eyes to see, wow, what a, you know, they, they got the chance to do this. And, and it's so beautiful because that's what philanthropy is. Sometimes they would never, sometimes, no, at all times, they won't get the chance. So when you're doing this, and it's not a hard, it's not an easy uh, field to be. I'm learning so much, you know. Some people yeah. do it for their ego. Some things, you know, are done, are, are not very, you know, coming from, from the heart. But I congratulate you because you're creating such an impact in the life uh, of Don't make me cry, but uh, <laughs> the, the, I think people in life connect through that. And uh, I'm not... A Rockefeller Foundation. I'm not that famous or that rich to just like evade taxes and do it. I do it because of that same motivation that you have in your heart. And when you connect with people like you, I think I want you to come and meet them. We're expanding. We're opening in Ecuador. We're op uh, opening three other programs in mm -hmm. Colombia. These girls, their life was changed in a way that I knew always that I'm going to change their lives. And you know, the uh, right. people will say like, "Oh, a trip. What would it matter?" But the first time they got on a plane, the first time these girls get to see a whole different culture, participate and have that exchange of right. multi-culture with 36 other countries mm. in flags that they say that they've never seen, to be able to raise their voice in front of global leaders and say, like, who said or where is it written that women cannot be on the field? Because before goleadoras and even during goleadoras, so until the moment that they came back from Qatar, that they won, they were they lost to Brazil, two to one. But the <laughs> Brazilians, my <laughs> love, pinches, gente brasileiras, eran super aggressive. <laughs> national national players supported supported by the country, right. and you know they were like, it's tough. Era el Rocky Balboa, y yo mi pobre <laughs> mi pobre colombianita de chocó y pobre nada. Dude. Oh. They put up the best show. They had completely um, took it to a whole other level on and outside the field. When those girls said, like, where is it written that we cannot play? Or where is it written that a girls cannot be in a field? Because before they went to this trip, yeah. even goleadoras had already been implementing by the, the communities, they were not a law as girls right. to go into the field. Chocó is a region in between Panama and Colombia, and Colombia, are, uh, surprisingly enough, they're very racist. Mm. So uh, all the slaves yeah. and the Afro community of, of, of like back in the time of the colonization was sent to this area of Chocó. So they are not only in the worst 
conditions of poverty or escasez, but they also have the biggest Afro community there. And they're also abandoned by the governments, and they're also surrounded by illegal minery, paramilitares, narcotrafico, all the worst things of humanity. So really, their opportunities are less to none. And they were so integrated, supportive, the most respectful, the most beautiful girls that I was able to share for 15 days with them. And I thought I was changing their lives. They changed Absolutely. our lives. Absolutely. They taught us so much about humbleness, about curiosity, about giving us the opportunity to, to know that, as I always say, we have much more things in common than what divides us. So That's a beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, wow, no, I really congratulate I, you. No. And it's so funny how you said that they are the ones that teach us. It, there's nothing more humbling than going there or meeting this kid. So whenever you're helping, you know, you, when you go and actually see these faces, that's what keeps us going, right? See, when I came back from that trip and I every time I close my eyes, these smiles, these little kids were in my head. And that's when you're like, you know what? I'm going to roll my sleeves and going to raise funds for them. So I just want to tell you that the uh, the... The platform that you're doing with Bazaar for Good. So I want invite everybody here to um, go check Bazaar for Good, go, um, be able to support it in every way possible. You can attend, you can donate, you can volunteer, uh, and you can learn more. But what you're doing in, in giving organizations and opportunities such as to Goleadoras mm -hmm. or the other organizations that you guys have supported for the past five years that yes. you've been doing this uh, is such is so important. So I'm just totally at your disposition to do anything you need Aww. to do was our for good thank you so and, much and uh, i want you to come and meet them because and i think absolutely. you will love them and hombre that you're gonna absolutely. end up with braids all over <laughs> you know you, i would love and them. go to rio choco and all that so bueno it's been a pleasure but africa is going to be on the 19th of may may 19th may yes 19th. it's coming up it's coming up right now yes. so where they can check it out on social At media the .org. Org. so we're selling tickets soon um I'm sorry. I don't know when it's airing. See? No, it's it, now. Okay. <laughs> now, now, now. It doesn't matter. So the tickets are found at thebazaarforgood.org. And uh, if you're not in Miami, there's always ways to help. So we have a silent auction. And, you know, follow us on Instagram to know what we're doing. And the day of the event, they also, uh, as Martha was saying, it's a lot of uh, women... Uh, it's like a community, you know, they're all supporting. One is donating, the other is volunteer, the other is organizing, but they also have chats along the whole day. You have chats, you have beauty st uh, stands where they have hair or food and wellness. Oh, it's, and a, it's a day of activity. When you purchase a ticket, you know, uh -huh. that, that everything there is going to be donated, including your ticket. So you can come and watch people talk about, you know, different subjects and you can just hang out and have drinks. Everything that is there. It's been donated, you know. It's a whole day of community work, and it's a beautiful event. And uh, how, which organizations are you supporting this year? So we're going to work with Style Saves this mm -hmm. year. We're going to also work with Goleadoras. And Camila Coelho, that mm -hmm. is a Brazilian, uh, a very big force in fashion, you know. She's a sweetheart. Her heart is as beautiful as her appearance. She mm -hmm. has a more beautiful heart even. She's incredible. She, if you remember, donated like two containers of things last year. She's coming back with more things. So oh Camila is also supporting uh, some uh, organizations in Brazil that she works with. So, yes. Mira, but, uh, like the, the best pieces you will ever imagine because they don't take like stupid stuff. You know, they get like really yes. good brands to, to donate from swimwear to beauty to makeup to the whole closet of Camila Coelho. So you guys have to purchase your ticket because they get like they're so once they start on sale, they run out really fast, faster than the concert of Bad Bunny. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have access to great prices and to great um, magnificent stuff. So if you want to get your closet redone and check Martha, please. And um, if you find some value in this conversation, share it, follow the Bazaar for Good, and uh, see you here in Miami, May 19th, no? May 19th. May 19th is like Mother's Day, no? Right after Mother's Day. <laughs> yes, it is. Esta es una mamacita maravillosa. Obrigada. Obrigada. Obrigada, Jane. She's saying Marta Graf aquí. 
É os uh, pod, podcast. 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 <risos> Thank you, my love. Thank you. Beijo, graças, graças. Te quero. Huh? Ah, forget about it. So, Martha, I was, I was saying that um, today we asked our, 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 our audience that you were coming to the, to the podcast and they all went crazy asking, uh, wanting to know some, sending you some specific questions okay, for you. Okay, sure. So, one of them, I had it right here. So, uh, Gabriela asked, what is feminine to you? What, what would you define as feminine or what do you consider feminine to, to be feminine? Is authenticity mm. is being authentic is just sticking to what you like and not following trends and uh this carlos abigail he goes and uh, he says like as a woman in business how do you stay uh empowered mm -hmm. uh, or how do you i guess yeah i i for me a way to be to stay empowered is I, I try to listen to other people, you know, sharing their stories. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. I, I read a lot of books on women that have done, you know, great for themselves and their examples. You know, I love Oprah, for example. But I try to listen and, and absorb, you know, messages from all, all these women. And the other question is like, Ines Oruba. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, I think you made a mistake. Ines Oruba. How do you say bye? <laughs> you actually like shakes people's hands and you go like, Oh my God, England. They actually put emojis here and everything. You people are crazy. What? I don't even know why I'm oh asking this. Oh my gosh. Do you know what She's you just said? She's never been in a Soruba. No, I have not. <laughs> Neither are we planning to. So, but if I was in a Soruba, how would I say bye? No, just like that. Like this. Hasta luego. Arrivederci. Hasta la vista. Ciao. <laughs> People, you're crazy. Don't ask those questions to Martha. I'm here in the zing. But no, that's for our our listeners and our audience. Thank you for the questions. Please Thank next you. time make some uh, nicer questions. <laughs> <laughs> Te quiero. Bye. Ciao. Cesa suruba.